Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. The title of my message this evening is Less is More. Less is More. Anyone heard that one before? Less is More. Sometimes we just get busy doing a lot of stuff, you know. And um, if you look throughout God's word, you, you will find that God can do a lot with a little. And it's amazing how many times, you know, I, I think it's a perpetual thing for us as uh, believers and as Christians um, and, and really just human, uh, human tendency that we always feel like we don't have enough. Anybody been there? Anyone ever felt like, man, I just I don't have enough strength for this. I don't have enough power. Uh, I don't have enough money. Uh, I don't have enough skill. I don't have enough gifting. We, we are perpetually feeling like we're behind the eight ball so many times. And then we come into the kingdom and, uh, you know, we get saved. We get born again. We know the word says, I can do all things through Christ. <laughs> you know, it just becomes verses that's like, I know it's in the Bible, but how do I get to pull on that power? How do I get past feeling like I don't have enough? Right? And then, you know, you get your little Christian friends that don't know anything you're going through. They don't know the trials you're facing. They don't know how many bills are piling up. You don't know the stuff. That's, they don't know what you woke up with. And they, they get, oh, man, you know, God, God can do all things. And all you're hearing is, you know, the, the mom from uh, uh, Charlie Brown, you know, wah, 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 the teacher, his mom on the phone, you know, wah, 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 wah. That's all you hear. You don't know the stuff I'm going through. Come on now. Well, we're going to meet a man named Gideon here in Judges chapter 6. And uh, I just want to encourage you tonight. I just want to encourage you that you've got enough. You've got enough in you. You've got enough through you. And we've just got to find a way to trust God. And so the title of my message is Less is more. We think we need more, but we can find out tonight that God can actually do more with your less than he can with your more. And so Judges chapter 6, look at verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the, uh, that guy, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it. From the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, while he's afraid, while he's hiding, while he's in the lowest place of the lows, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And look at how casual this angel is. I mean, he just comes and he sits up under a tree. He's just hanging out, and he says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, God's people, the Israelites, are currently being oppressed by the Midianites. They, this is, Judges is the book of the cycle. This is where uh, we live for God, and then we turn away from God, and then our enemies overtake us, and then we cry out to God, and then he delivers us. And we just see this happen over and over and over, and we get all these judges where we get the title from, Judges, these men and women that God appoints and chooses to get his people out of the trouble that they're in, out of the problems that they're going through, to deliver them from these evil men. And so God right here approaches 
a man, he's not looking for the strongest man. He's not looking for the, the, the man that has the most battle tactic or the greatest weapons or the guy that has been in army and, and been in the army and been doing military stuff for a long time and say, hey, I really need your skills right now. He finds a guy that belongs to the smallest tribe in Israel and is now hiding himself. And he says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. He calls him something that he currently is not producing. And Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, (laughs) if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Right? You ever turn to that spiritual, super spiritual person? You know, hey, you know, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord going in and going out. The riches of the Lord are upon me. You know, they give you the whole spiel, and and you're just like, yeah. If the Lord is with us, then why are my kids acting like this? If the Lord is with me, then why didn't I get that promotion that I, for for sure, I was going to be able to get? And and if the Lord is with me, why do I have to work for this mean old man of a boss? And if the Lord is with me, then why am I? You know, having to deal with a husband or a wife that just doesn't love God and doesn't want to serve him. and doesn't want to, Why, if the Lord is with us, why is this happening? We still question what's going on in the natural in spite of what's being spoken in the spiritual. We still question it because it doesn't line up. It doesn't make any sense. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of God. Oh, sure, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Mr. Angel. The Lord is with you. But... <laughs> If the Lord is with us, why is all this happening? Where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Notice Gideon has zero faith right now. Zero faith. There's nothing he's putting his trust in right now. Oh, sure, if the Lord is with us. Then, then where's all this stuff that all our, our fathers talked about? You say he's so powerful. You say he's so mighty. You, you, you say that the Lord is with us. Then, then why is this stuff happening? And why aren't we seeing all the miracles that we've heard? See, we're, we're so far down the line now that the story of crossing the Red Sea, coming out of Egypt, and coming into, going through the wilderness, and seeing all the signs and the wonders and the miracles, and, and, and taking over the promised land, all that stuff is just stories now. And, and, and that's how a lot of Christians approach this. It's just stories. Sure, it worked for Paul. Sure, it worked for Jesus. Sure, it worked for Peter and John. Uh, sure, it worked for Moses uh, and Elijah and Sure, it worked for Gideon. Gideon now is being relegated to the very stories that he's referring to here in this passage. Now we say, where's the God of Gideon? And we're finding out right here. He's forsaken us, delivered us. Verse uh, 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now, that changes things. Because not only do you see the problem around you, now God says, uh, I, the Lord, am going to deliver you. 
and I'm going to deliver you, and I'm going to use you. Not only am I going to deliver you, not only am I going to, to change the course here, but I'm going to use you to do it. Now, that's a game changer. Because not only did I have a hard time believing that God could do it, now I'm having a hard time believing that I can do it. <laughs> he picked you. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I? I mean, I, I just picture he's not saying my Lord. Like, I, mean, I picture him saying my Lord like sometimes we say, oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my God, you don't even know. Like, he's like on the verge right here. He's not just, just saying, oh, my Lord. He's saying, oh, my Lord. <laughs> my Lord, you have lost it. You're supposed to be smart. You're an angel. You're supposed to have all this stuff together. You're supposed to be telling me how we're going to get out of this. And then you point to me and say, tag, you're it. You figure you're going to make this thing happen. He says, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Isn't that just like us? God says you're going to do it, and we start finding all the reasons why we can't do it. We start listening off. Now, okay, God. Apparently you think I went to a different school. Apparently you think I have a different skill set. Apparently you think I married someone else. Apparently you think I have more money. Apparently you think this. Apparently you think that. But let me just let you know. Uh, bank account is at zero. Uh, my husband doesn't love God. My kids are rebellious little devils. Uh, 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 my job does not see the gift in me. They don't care about me. Uh, they don't want to hear about you. They, every time I try to bring you up, I've been standing in faith for 10 years for this thing to change. And I still, we start giving them all the reasons why it can't happen when he just said, it's you. See, you're no different than Gideon. Gideon's no different than us. Gideon is standing here spouting off every reason why he is not the right man for the job. He says, I'm the weakest, I'm the smallest, I'm, in, I'm the weakest one in the weakest clan. I mean, it can't get any, it does, there is nobody below me. I am at the bottom of the food chain. I'm the last one to go. Nobody picks me. And on top of that, I'm hiding. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. That's all God needs is one man. One man. That's all he needs. One man. God's not saying, all right, now, now here's what I need you to do. I need you to go get this big army together. He says, I will defeat those Midianites through you because I'm with you. See, you by yourself can't do it, but you with God can do anything. You with God can overcome anything. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. You with God is greater than you with 100,000 of anybody else. Partnership. Who are we partnering with? See, your clan might be the weakest, but you with me makes you the strongest. So quit seeing yourself in the clan that you're in or amongst the group that you're in or, or the, with the past that you have and start seeing your future with me. See, God always speaks to your future. God never speaks about your past. The only time he talks about your past is I've taken your past and I've thrown it into the sea. I've cast it as far as the east is from the west. I've gotten, wet, I've gotten rid of that. 
Now, let's look ahead. And God always speaks to who you are in him, not to who you are in the world. He always speaks to what you're going to do, not what you're currently doing or not what you have done. See, we, we are always surrounded by people that will remind us very quickly of who we are and what we've done. Oh, you, you, can't, you can't go to that school. Oh, you can't do that. You, you can't get that promotion. I mean, you got to have this. You, you can't get that job. Right? Everybody around us, they'll be very quick to tell you about who you were or who you are. The ones closest to you are the ones that have the hardest time forgetting who you were. Sometimes it's our own family members. Sometimes it's our closest friends that have the hardest time believing in us in the future. But God always speaks to your future. He's able to talk to Abraham and say, hey, I know you've been, you haven't been able to have kids uh, for 75 years, and now you're even beyond the age to have kids. But guess what? You're a father of many nations. Why? Because I'm talking to your future. I'm not talking to your past. And then on top of that, he changes his name and says, okay, we're no longer calling you Abram. We're going to call you Abraham because now everybody else is going to start calling you what I'm calling you. I'm going to start getting everybody else to start talking to your future. They won't even know it. God loves to talk about stuff that's going to happen, not what is current. God is moved by faith. God is directed by faith. God always operates by faith. And faith is always in stuff that you haven't seen yet. And that's how God operates. Verse 17, then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. He's now letting the angel, he's letting the Lord know, look, if this is really you speaking and if you're really telling me to do this, then you can't go anywhere. You can't take the word of God and do what God wants you to do and then go do it how you want to do it. What God wants you to do has to be done how he wants you to do it. Sometimes we just get focused on what God wants and we forget to do it how God wants. And Gideon here is recognizing, uh, he's humbling himself to the point that, God, if you're going to do this through me, then you're going to have to stay with me. It's dangerous to separate from the God that calls you and not do it the way he wants you to do it. We've got to be very careful that when God calls us, when God directs us, because the person, when God appoints you, he anoints you. If he's appointed you to do something, then he has anointed you to accomplish that. But it's through his power. It's with him, not on our own. So that, that means we, we, we can't separate. Uh, okay, God, hey, thanks for that revelation. Thanks for giving me an awesome future. All right, now let's go figure out how I can make it. No, you've got to stay with God. Because what Gideon's about to find out is his way of doing things is a lot different than God's way of doing things. Amen. Now, because we know most of the story, I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit. The first thing I want you to see here is that if God appoints you, if God directs you, if God calls you, it's never based upon what you're currently producing or who you currently are. 
We got to get out of this this idea that I've got to be qualified or I've got to be gifted. If if God calls you, He will qualify you. See, the world operates the other way around. We want you to know how to do this before we give you the opportunity to do it. But God says, I'm going to go ahead and give you this opportunity. I'm going to go ahead and place this in front of you. And as you follow me and as you walk with me, I'm going to give you the ability to do it. And it's really just me working through you. When God calls us, we don't need to come up with every uh, uh, reason in the book why we can't do it. God's looking for our obedience. God's looking for us to step out. God's looking for our faith. And, 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 and it doesn't have to make sense in the natural. It doesn't have to make sense. You skip over to Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. We're going to start with verse 1. We read through here, and, and, and Gideon is a man that needs some convincing, man. He, he, he's got a God, you're going to have to make this happen. He ends up doing the whole fleece thing. He ends up, you know, saying, all right, and, and just like three different ways. I mean, this guy is a thinker. This guy is trying to figure it out. This guy shows that he has uh, the, the mental intuition that he's going to work God for everything he's got. Okay, I, I see you do that. Now, try to do it this way. I'll get him here. I'll trip him up here. So, okay, fine. Now, now do it this way. And, and then, you know, and, and so he's just needing a lot of encouragement. God has no problem bringing encouragement to you. It's amazing that when you start walking it out and you start believing in God, he'll start bringing people. He'll start making things happen. He'll start lining things up and say, see, told you. Told you he could do this. He ends up sending him out on this little test. You know, it says, I want you to go overnight and tear down uh, these idols. Overnight. Because, you know, Gideon ain't doing this stuff during the day, man. He's like, I'm going to have to be as secret as possible. I'm going to have to. Nobody can know that I'm doing this. And he runs and he does his little job and comes back out. But it was, it was a test for him to prove that God is with you. God is with you. God will send you those signs of encouragement, the signs to continue to show his faithfulness to you. But then we get over here to Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Then Jerubbabel, uh, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many. Now, he's picked out 33,000. And if you go back and read, the Midianites had 120,000. So I don't know how well you are at math, um, but my math says there's not enough. My math tells me we're only a quarter of the way there. Uh, God, uh, your math is off. I, I, I don't know how you calculate things. I don't know what you're trying to do up there. Uh, you're a funny guy, but I don't even have near enough. This is the most I could get together. And I was lucky to scrounge up 33,000. And now you want to come in here and you want to, isn't it like God to come in and mess up your stuff just when you think you got it going on? Isn't it just like God to, to show up, you think, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out. I'm going to obey God. And then he pushes you again. He's stretching your boundaries again. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. And so he's like, okay, and, and we can go ahead and read it here. Verse 2, the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me 
saying, my own hand has saved me. Look, God wants to come out of this thing getting all the glory. Not half the glory, not some of the glory, not 99% of the glory. He wants all the glory. He doesn't want anybody coming around saying, well, you know, you probably got that job because you, you, you know the boss really well. Uh, you know, you, 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 you probably uh, were, were able to finish that, you know, because of that, that one thing you did, that education that you took place. Now, at the end of the day, it's going to say, dude, how did you do that? Less is more. God is always trying to break it down to prove to you that he can do more with less. He can do more with less than what you have than you could do with all of it. See, you can take your 33,000. You can go on down there and you can go fight those Midianites. But I'm telling you right now, I can do better than you with 300. As we know, as we keep on going, verse 3. Now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And here's the first break. And 22,000 of them returned. And 10,000 remained. Ouch. 22,000. And can you just imagine Gideon? You know, he's, he's saying this because God's telling him to say it, and he's reluctantly saying it. You know, he's calling out, hey, uh, if any of you are afraid, you just go ahead and take off. What? If you are afraid, you can go ahead and take off. But, I mean, if, you, if you're not, you can stay. Okay, fine. If you are afraid, you can leave. And 22,000 people are walking away, and he's standing there thinking, He's thinking, what? I thought maybe a thousand, maybe two thousand would. No, I could, I could do it with thirty-two thousand. Fine, you, you, you're gonna cut me down. I'll give you a thousand of them. Twenty-two thousand. Hey, you, you sure? You sure? What's, what's, hey, man, hold on, hold on. Where, where you going, man? Uh, we can do this. I, I promise. We, you know, he's trying to get them to stay, and he's down 10,000. So we keep on going. Verse 4. So now Gideon is like, you know, on his knees. Now he's like, you got to be kidding me. 22,000. He's like, all right, fine. We got 10,000. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. This makes you angry now. It's like, God, you are messing up my system here. People are the most vital thing to me when I'm approaching an enemy. And you're taking away my most vital resource. You're taking away from me the very thing that I need to accomplish. You're the one that told me. You're the one that, you're the one that said I'm going to go. You're the one that said my man of Alabama. You're the one that said I can do all things. You're the one that did all this. And now you're taking away from me the very thing. You said that I was going to be able to believe God for this. Uh, level of finance, and then you say, give it away. And you're like, what? This was the very finance that I needed to purchase the thing. You're taking away the very thing I was saving because God all along is saying, I'm going to do it my way. All along he's saying, 
I can still do more with your less. There's still too many people. Bring them down to the water. I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. Verse 5. So he brought the people down to the water. The Lord said to Gideon. Now, think about it. He's, he's watching all these people drink water from this lake. Well, I'm not thirsty. No, you're thirsty. Get down. You drink it. Yes, drink some water. And so they're drinking water. we got two different folks here. We've got those that are getting down like dogs, lapping it with their tongue. And then we have those that are getting on their knees and bringing the water to their mouths. Okay, now, there's only 300 men that are bringing the water to their mouths. There are, uh, let's see, 10,000. There are 9,700 men that are on their knees with their face in the water, lapping it like a dog. And you know Gideon's thinking in his mind, okay, you're about to split this thing up. I know you're looking for the guys that are laughing at it like a dog. Please, I mean, I, I, I'm just doing a quick glance. I don't have, you know, I don't have, you know, I got rough numbers here. But just by the look of it, there are a lot more men drinking the water like a dog. So you, you got it. It's them, right? That, those are the guys. That's the one you're calling. Okay, good. You're only taking away 300 from me. And he says, no, anyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. You've got to be kidding me. Can you just imagine? I mean, you don't even have to know numbers. You don't even have to know how many. They are, he's saying all these men. And so now he's looking at a very minimal amount of men that are bringing the water to their mouth. I mean, it's. Is so small. It's almost like, just send the 300 home too. What's the difference? 10,000, 300 versus 120,000. God, just take them all. Whatever. You do, it what, you do whatever you want to do. Just take them all away. I, I, don't, I don't even need them. I don't even need 300 guys. And so he is left with three. Hundred men. Let's read the verse uh, six. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was three hundred men. And all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. God can always do more with less. It's so many times that we want to retain, so many times we want to hold on, so many times we want to increase, so many times we want to grow. Because we're all, we already got into this thing thinking, I don't have enough. We already got into this thing thinking, I don't have enough strength. We already, got, we already went into this. God is directing us into this thing, and you're thinking, I started out down here, and I needed to be up here. And now you're just only reducing me more. I mean, you are... You, you are just taking away when I didn't even have enough. I mean, where is the God of increase? Where's the God of abundance? Where's the God of more? Where's the God? And God is saying, I can do more with your less. I can do more 
but you're going to have to get rid of some stuff first. I could do more, but you're going to have to cut away. I could do more, but you're going to have to strip off. I could do more, but there's going to have to be some deficiency before I give you my sufficiency. I'm going to have to reduce what you have so I can show you all that I have, is what he's saying. What looks like is not enough to us is more than enough to God. God is a God of the exceedingly abundantly. I mean, we didn't have that verse yet. Ephesians wasn't written. So Gideon couldn't go in the Bible and say, hey, man, uh, this, 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 this Apostle Paul, man, he wrote in here exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. Okay, we, we're going up 120. I want 500,000 men. And then God's going to give me like a million. And, and I mean, that because that's God, right? Uh, uh, exceedingly abundant. He didn't have the, the Bible verse like we do. We go in there, we, we start quoting that scripture. Exceedingly abundant. God, you can do above more. And so I'm going to think. I'm thinking big, God. I'm thinking big. I'm searching my faith. I'm getting my faith out there. I'm increasing. And, and God, you, this is what I think you do. But then I know you can do this. He doesn't have that. He's already started out behind the eight ball. He's already started out with not enough. He's already started out with needing to increase, and God is only stripping off even what he does have. So what looks like is not enough to us is too much for God. If there's too much in your hands, then you won't ever put it in God's hands. If you have too much in your hands, then you won't ever put it in God's hands. See, God wants us to place our cares upon him. He wants us to cast our cares on him. He wants to reduce what we have in our hands so that we can finally just get to the point and say, God, you are going to have to come through. There is no other way this can happen. There's absolutely nothing else. I could possibly do. And at the end of the day, the only thing that people are going to be able to say is, wow, God really showed up. How did you do that? I mean, I couldn't even make up an excuse to how I did it at this point. God. God did it. I mean, there, there's no story. There's no explanation that I could even try to take credit for this thing at this point. And this is what he's trying to do. With Gideon. Now go over to Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7 verse 19. Let's get this wrapped up here. Judges chapter 7 verse 19. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him, they split up into three groups of a hundred. Came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. If you remember the story, they took away all their weapons. I mean, God is just getting it down to bare minimum. He's like, you know, Gideon's, you know, you can just, you can just consider the heartache that's going on inside him. What the mental breakdown he's about to uh, assume in life because there is just no way that 300 guys with pitchers with fire inside and trumpets are going to defeat 120,000 military men. This is not happening right now. And so they're standing on the side of this mountain. They don't even have weapons. And the three companies blew their trumpets, broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands. 
were blowing, and they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Well, there is no sword. (laughs) They don't have a sword. They don't have the resource in their hand that they think they need to fight. But it's the Lord's sword that they need to get a hold of. It's God's word you need to get a hold of. At this point, they're saying, we're only out here because God told us to. The sword is the word. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. If all you have is the word of God, you have more than anybody else. If you have a word from God that says, I'm supposed to be doing this, and everybody else is questioning you, everybody else is saying, you don't have enough, you don't have the right resource, you got to be kidding me, there's no way you can do this, there's no way you can overcome this, there's no way the right outcome can take place. And you can say, I have a word from God. I've got a word. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. The sword of the, the Lord. And every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the three when the three hundred blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion. So the other team has the resource, and they're using it against themselves. They have what Gideon's army wishes they had. But yet that resource used improperly is what's killing them. They, they're standing on this mountain wishing they had a sword because, you know, they're thinking, okay, we're going to throw these pictures down and the fire's going to shine and we're going to blow these trumpets. And sure, we might scare them for a little while, but eventually they're going to come charging at us and I don't have anything to use. I'm going to start taking my trumpet and start trying to beat people over the head with it. I have no, uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, one of these pictures left me a pretty good shard, uh, you know, of, uh, of pottery so I can just start slashing. Hopefully I hit something good. Hopefully I hit an artery somewhere. You're, you're just like, what are we going to do when they figure out that it's just a bunch of 300 idiots standing on a hill with trumpets and fire and they're going to come charging at us? I mean, you're, you're playing the scenario out in your mind. You're trying to figure out how this thing is going to work out. And the very thing that they need is in the hand of the enemy, yet they're using it on themselves. They don't even have to work for it at this point. They don't even have to. They're, they're watching a show. When, it's amazing. When you trust God, you'll find yourself really on the sideline just watching and saying, man, this is awesome. You see, you see what God's doing here? And everybody else is like, well, how'd you do that? How'd you make that happen? Dude, I'm enjoying watching just like you are, man. I'm just, I'm just checking this thing out too. I'm just watching God do what God does. I, I just believed in faith. You'll find yourself actually, you'll find yourself actually having to do less work than you expected to do in the beginning. I mean, in Gideon's mind, he's trying to conjure up, okay, what is the best battle tactic I can come up with with 300 men with pitchers of fire and, and trumpets? What is the best I can do here? What, you know, and, and the natural limitations that I have, you know, maybe we stand them up this way, and, and, and maybe if I turn the trumpet around this way, this, this part seems kind of sharp. And, and you'll find yourself that when you honor God's word, you'll actually be able to do less work. If we'll just obey God's word, we'll find ourselves having to do less work. Than, I mean, think about it. If he took 33,000 men that he originally had, If he took those men out there, he would have had to fight 
120,000. She would have had to fight them, right? That takes work. There's some work involved. But when it came down to it, he takes 300 men, and he doesn't have to do near as what he thought he was going to have to do. You know, this actually turned out to be a pretty good deal. I trust God, and I get to watch my enemies beat themselves up and kill themselves, and I just I don't even have to do anything. I blew a trumpet. I threw a pitcher on the ground, lit some fire, you know, played a song and lit some candles. I mean, you know, it's like, what, what kind of battle tactic is this? Yet I'm getting to watch the enemy beat themselves up here. When you do God's work according to his word, you will do less work than you thought it would take. Isn't that amazing? This is the exciting part. God wasn't looking for Gideon's strength. God wasn't looking for Gideon's ability to fight an enemy. God wasn't looking for Gideon's ability to lead soldiers. He was looking for one thing. He was looking for Gideon's obedience. Maybe the whole time the test is coming is not to try to help you figure out how you're going to get that promotion or, or how you're going to get that job or you know how you're going to raise these kids. Maybe God's just looking to see if you'll obey his word. Maybe he's just testing your level of submission. And maybe he's standing back saying, I'm actually going to make all this happen for you. I just want to know if you'll be obedient to me. Or are you going to bail? Or are you going to try to make this, you're going to try to figure this out on your own? At any point, Gideon could have said, you know what? Forget you, God. I mean, I, I, I understand. I hear what you're saying loud and clear. But I've got to have 33. If I don't have that many men, there's, I'm not going out. I'm, going to, I'm just going to try to do it with 30. You realize if he went out there with the original amount of men he had in the beginning, we would not have had the same outcome. Why? Because God says, less is more. I'll tell you, it, it is very worth your while to cut when God says cut. Because if you will reduce when God says to reduce, he'll increase only the way God can increase. We always get into situations where I don't have enough. And God says, I'm enough if you do it my way. If you do it my way. Now, I want to show you one last thing. I've never really seen this before, but in, in chapter 8, this is just kind of exciting. This ought to be an encouragement for you. If you haven't been encouraged. Anybody been encouraged yet? Anybody walking out of here thinking, man, I could do more if I just trust God. I can, I can accomplish this. I've been trying so hard. I've been trying to, you know, uh, you know, I'm already, I'm using what I got, and I still don't even have enough, but I'm just maxing it out. And God's been saying, okay, I need you to get rid of this. I need you to do this. I need you to send that off. I need you to cut this back. Chapter 8, Judges chapter 8, verse 1. Now the men of Ephraim said to him, why have you done this to us by not calling us when you went to fight with the Midianites, and they reprimanded him sharply. So now Gideon gets back to his people and say, hey, why didn't you let us in on this thing? Why did you only take 300 men? I mean, we, we, we could have done this. I mean, everybody wants to get in on the glory. And, and all those friends that were saying, dude, there's no way this can happen. Yeah, you're never going to get that job. And then they're going to say, hey, why don't you put a good word in for me? I'm your best, I'm your best pal. What? Isn't that, isn't that how people work? They'll doubt you until they see it come to pass, and then they're right there next to you. Hey, man, so I heard you got really blessed financially. I'm, man, I've been hurting. Uh, I, I'm behind a little bit. They're the first ones to try to show up when you get blessed. They doubted you up until then. 
They're probably part of the crew that left and said, oh, wait, we're afraid. Yeah, you giving me an out? You, you, you letting me leave? I'm out. Cool. I didn't want to fight this thing anyways. I was only here because, you know, you said God called you. But you're telling me God said to get out. No problem. And now they're showing up and saying, hey, why? Because they see glory taking place. Everybody wants to be a part of the glory. They all doubted you. They all said they're not going to make it six weeks. And then you come out and it's like, man. And so watch this. So he said to them, what have I done now in comparison with you? Comparison. Comparison. What have I done now in comparison with you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Ebiezer? Ebiezer? God has delivered you, delivered into your hands the princes of the Midian, Oreb and Zeb. And what was I able to do in comparison with you? And then their anger toward him subsided when he said that. This is what I saw. People will try harder than you, but accomplish less than you. Because their ability is never, never a comparison with God's ability. They, they, they can all show up and say, hey, man, we're, 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 we're soldiers. We're fighters. Why aren't you calling us? Why don't you let us know? We want to be a part of this thing. We heard about the fight that took place. We heard, we heard about what happened. You defeated the Midianites. The Midianites have been torturing us. The Midianites have been tormenting. Why didn't you let us in on this thing? And he says, what, what if I, what I did, how can that be compared to what you did? You see people trying for that promotion. You see people doing all the right things. You see the people saving up all the money. You see people, you know, making it all happen in the natural. And it can be so easy to say, man, I wish I had what they had. But in the end, God will make things happen for you with less than what they could do on their own with more. Less is more. Less is more. Chase, if you come up, less is more. Guys, we've got to get our eyes off of ourselves. We've got to get our eyes off of our ability. We've got to get our eyes off of, of, of the lack that we have. We've got to get our eyes off of the insufficiency. And we've got to start getting our eyes on God. It's God's ability working through us that will accomplish. It's God's ability working through us that will uh, make what God says come to pass. If he spoke it, then he will uh, uh, appoint you and anoint you to do it. And it can be real easy. I wish I had the training they had. I wish I had the education they had. I really wish they, I had the finances they had. I really wish I had the family they had. I really wish they had the husband or the wife that they had. I, I really wish I had the children they had. I, you can always look around. The grass is always greener on the other side. But at the end of the day, God has called you to do something that he wants to accomplish through you alone. If he wanted to do it through them, he would have called them to do it. But he called you to do it. Less is more. Less is more. We've got to get ourselves out of this, this thought process that I can't accomplish what God wants me to do unless I have more. It's funny because God will actually take things away to make sure his purpose is revealed through you. God will actually decrease so that he can increase. And then at the end of the day, all that God is looking for is one man. One man. 
that will obey. Obedience. I mean, I, I, I tell you what, man, I'm, I'm in a season in my life right now where obedience, obedience, just obey. He says to step out. It looks stupid. He says to step out. It doesn't make sense. He steps. He says to step out. Everybody else says don't step out. The, the, the finance, the, the economy, the government, the system, the job, everything says don't step out. And God is saying, obey me. Obey me. And then in the midst of that, cut, cut this back. God, I need that. No, I need you to get rid of it. Because what you need isn't what God needs. What you need isn't what God needs. God wants you to have less so that he can produce more. Less is always more in the hand of God. Father, we thank you tonight that you can take our less and you can create more. You can take what we see is not enough. What we see that is not enough, it's, it's not cutting it. This is not getting the job done. I, I, I need an increase here. And you're saying, no, I actually need to cut back a little bit. I actually need to know if you are going to stand on me and my word, or are you going to stand on your ability and your word? Father, at the end of the day, we want to trust you. We want to obey you. We want to honor you in everything that we have, everything that we do. Because, Father, you receive all the glory. You receive all the praise. We thank you. We glorify. We honor you for this. Father, we believe that the increase comes because we're obedient to get rid of what you say to get rid of. We trust you. We obey you. And we honor you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.